0: Hey there, my name's Mark McCartney, and welcome to the What Is A Good Life podcast. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 170 people around this question, not to prescribe you with the universal answer, but to help you to find and define your own answer to this question. On the 48th episode of the What Is A Good Life podcast, I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Brennan Jacoby as our guest. Brennan is a philosopher and the founder of Philosophy at Work, a collective of philosophers and business psychologists teaching professionals the skills they need to think their best. In this episode, we explore making space for meaning in our lives without forcing it. We delve into various tensions, from wanting to make the most of life to vegging out, accepting ourselves without lowering our standards, and balancing the time spent building a career with the need to invest in personal relationships. Additionally, we discuss the various limitations of numerous philosophies when lived to their fullest interpretation, the importance of realizing the subjective nature of our experiences, and the necessity of reflection to understand what we are projecting onto life. Throughout this conversation, we emphasize the profound significance significance of caring, noticing, and orienting towards a better life. For some reason, I found this conversation with Brennan to be extremely cathartic. Brennan has a wonderful capacity to engage in a genuine conversation and an exploration, while both referencing philosophical concepts and sharing grounded, relatable, personal experiences. If you're anything like me, this episode will make you feel more comfortable with being human, and navigating the tensions and experiences inherent in the pursuit of your own good life. And if you enjoy this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're on the podcasting platforms, please leave a review, as I'd greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the 48th episode of the What Is A Good Life podcast. Brennan, thank you so much for joining me today on the What Is A Good Life podcast. Uh, Since we've last talked, and I've been following some of your work on, on LinkedIn, I've been very much looking forward to having this conversation.
1: Thank you so much mark um, It's very mutual I've been really looking forward to this and uh, yeah I just started getting deep into some meaning stuff and um, I love the work you're doing and love the questions that you ask as well. looking forward to it
0: Wonderful. well, as I tend to begin these conversations, Brennan, it is with the question of is there a question you're trying to answer as you as you move through life
1: yeah and I, I think um, there is one I, I it's it's kind of the at the heart of everything that you're doing here. And I think the question is, you know, what is, what is a good life? I suppose to put a little bit more meat on those bones, that it's that question is really running in the background for me, kind of all the time. Um, Not explicitly. It's, it's not like I wake up and I go, Oh, what is a good life? You know, how do I answer? But, um, but when I, I catch, uh, when I'm, when my awareness lands on, my anxieties my my hopes um my uh for the, in the darker moments the sort of baggage that i carry with me from my upbringing and all sorts of things um and in my more light moments the sort of things that excite me as well i think at the heart of them is that question of trying to answer you know what is i suppose less abstractly what how how should i live right um yeah. what is it what does it mean for me to live a good life um and, and part of that is, you know, what does it mean to, I suppose, live a good life in relationship to knowing the the knowledge of death as well. So a lot of times, you know, um, philosophers talk about life in the context of death. And I think that's, that's very much part of it. So, so yeah, that, that question is always sort of hovering for me and trying to, I suppose, another way of, of doing it is trying to go, how do I, how do I make this meaningful? You yeah. Know, um, how do I, and when I say this, I mean, this day, um you know, and of course, just like like everyone else um you know there's lots of details and or things that that I don't think like for example, I don't think work is just about work, and I don't think details are just details um it's not like I just want to get through the the emails so that I can get to something else it's like it's it's all it's all woven together and it's it's all it's all life it's all good stuff um you know and i'm a a busy like parent, I have two boys um I'm running a business like you know it's it's so in, so in other words i'm, I'm not trying i, I just want to be careful not to paint this picture that i'm sort of sat somewhere with a nice cup of coffee just thinking about what is you know how to make my life <laughs> meaningful. but i think it's 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 in all of that it's in all of that that it comes up it's like okay so i'm feeling you know tired at the end of the day uh and and i want to really give attention to my sons um or to my wife or you know I want to do something that's, that's good. And, and I often find I'm pulled just to sit down and like watch something for an hour. Um, Cause that's about what I have once the house goes quiet before I want to go to bed too. And, um, and w- so what this looks like to sort of pull it out of some sort of idealistic uh, too abstract thing is the question that's always there is I'll sit down and be like, no, I don't want to just watch something. I, like I want to do something yeah. and there's a hunger in me to do something more meaningful with the time that I have, and so the question that I, that's always—I'm not just trying to answer the question that's sort of uh, motivating me, pushing me forward each day—is—is is that that one if that if I had to articulate in language would be what is a good life? What does it mean for me to live well now? Um, but it's also one where I think language kind of fails, and it's this just impulse to try to do something that is worth doing.
0: Just out of interest, the the sense of sitting down to. To watch something for an hour, um, yeah. I find this tension really interesting. And as a recent father myself, like and noticing my time being um, the freedom I have, or the looseness I have around time being squeezed, mm. obviously, mm. I still find it interesting that even though I find these moments extremely fulfilling when I'm with my daughter, uh, when I'm even my dog, my wife,
1: mm.
0: and 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 like yourself hence so i've interviewed so many people around this kind of compelled by the question of what is a good life meaning and mm. um, all of these things uh, like yourself i'd say even as well an appreciation for that sense of the question even in uh stressful or anxiety anxiety filled moments versus joyful and and, and contented moments like ah, oh, what what mm. is this like um i just find that pull to extricate ourselves from that for for even if it's an hour like where maybe even an hour of sleeping might be more useful for me or whatever it is, just some almost some escape from it for, for a moment. If you get me,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated by, by myself. Um, My wife's much better than me at going to bed, you know, (laughs) um, sort of, she can have a hard day and just be like, and and listen to her body and just go, right. I'm, I'm off. Um, Whereas for me, there's there's something to it and i I think part of what i'm um hearing you articulate as well is sort of this like if i'm going from it it might be things that i love doing right like i i really enjoy my work i love spending time with my kids like all the things are good things yes there's ups and downs blah blah, blah, but it's all good stuff but when i get to the end of the day it it's almost like it's almost like with a meal i you know i have i very much have a sweet tooth and sort of like it doesn't my brain doesn't register that the meal is done until i've had a bit of dessert or pudding or something. Right. Um similarly, it's like I've I suppose it's culturation or like, you know, learned behavior. But when I get to the end of the day, I know it would probably be better for the next day for me just to like go to bed right then. Um, and I'm not staying up till like four o'clock in the morning or something. But but I just feel like, you know, I just I, I need to have that like moment of sit down, of like some kind of, of chill out. Um I was listening to a book by Ian Mortimer, who's a historic, historical writer, um, this morning when I was running, and he was saying that um, the 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 experience of of running is a stress on your body, but it's the least stressful thing for your mind, right. and I think it's something like that. So, I, you know, I I probably about every other day on average, whenever I can, I sort of wake up early and go for a run in the dark and stuff, and 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 I do that for a similar reason as I sort of am drawn to sit on the couch and want something at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's creating space. I think that's something about it, but the, but then there's always this tension of going, okay, so now what do I, what do I do with it? Um, and, and in that context of death, I'm conscious that, you know, everyone says, well, no one's on their deathbed going, Oh, I, I I'm disappointed. I never finished that box set or something. So yeah. I know, I know <laughs> that I'm not doing it for that reason. And it's totally okay just to, you know, what I would call like veg, right? It's totally fine just to sit and watch something. Mine it's totally fine. um. But I just always have this pull to go, okay, yes, that's good. I know that's okay. But I mean, often I'm sat next to my wife doing that and I'm like, gosh, but like we we could be talking about something really meaningful, meaningful, right? So, so it's, but then at the same time, you can't always be pushing, 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 pushing into that. You sort of, I think, I think what I'm what we're talking about is sort of, having a, um, uh, making space for meaning rather than forcing it. And yeah. the thing that I don't want to do, you know, I sit down turn on the telly and I'm like, "Ah, oh, gosh, I don't want to do this. I'm to do something more meaningful. But then when I try to force it, try to like turn and turn towards her and have a meaningful conversation. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel natural, right? It doesn't feel authentic in that moment. And so I suppose where I'm trying to land is go, what do we need? Right now, do you know what? It's totally fine. We're gonna watch something, uh, try to make it you you know positive to watch. But we're gonna watch something for an hour, uh, knowing that tomorrow actually we've carved out some time for like having dinner together and more of a conversation. So I think that that helps me go. Okay, I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> I can therefore relax into just just sort of vegging. But it's that it's that that tension that's I think uh, often there, which I would say is a good thing because it it keeps me honest. It keeps me from just sort of rolling through day to day to day and and sort of just um you know wasting away
0: but i think there's a nice kind of like as you were describing it there and and perfect like almost mapping out my my thoughts on the matter too like of like sometimes you know just having had a great conversation with my wife for an hour instead of putting on the show and going fucking hell why don't we always do this you, yeah, yeah you know that, that kind of thing like wow i didn't engage with technology i feel fresher now let's go to bed there's not mm-hmm. all these like images flashing through my head as i'm as a as my head is laying mm-hmm. on the pillow but then i think as you say like a realization that you know this can't always be the way like it, it yeah. and 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 i don't know even even with how you were describing a good life from both mm-hmm. the perspective of maybe anxiety-filled moments or or joy that it, it's all of it, right? Like, and yeah. and it's almost like some of it provides a foil or a space for the other things to exist, or that it, I I know I'd almost get a sense of myself being almost some like rabid uh, meaning seeking <laughs> uh, mission oriented human yeah. being if I didn't have this if I didn't have certain foils in life. Um, and as you said, you said something there that will make me kind of think a little bit on just relaxing not relaxing with that a little bit but just in the sense of this is if even an okay with the facts fact that I don't always fully relax into it because if I did what what might be what might become of me then you know
1: yes yeah yeah I think that's and 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 that that for me that you know I'll call it a sort of fear that that fear is um it like it has legs you know because I've I've had periods in life which maybe in hindsight were needed where I did just sort of watch something every night, and the days sort of rolled by and things, and um, and then I sort of came to a bit and, and was like, "Oh gosh, like what, what's going?" on? And so I know that that's very possible, and I know that um, I I I'm very I'm very conscious of the sort of uh, you know the the very much longness of life that can be, but also the shortness of it and i just want to try to uh, make the most of it i suppose um but i think it's it, this is one of the tensions you know it's kind of like how um see look there's a lot of different things in life where th- that are kind of if it, you know when if i was being kind of cynical i would say like just makes life unfair like the way in which a lot of times at least in the in sort of modern life the way that, that, that I know there's so much flexibility to careers and things now, but, but still in general, we tend to have more free time, uh, in later life than earlier. Um, the, the very times when you're sort of maybe building a career, building a, you know, sort of growing a family or investing in relationships, it's kind of like it all happens at once. And so the very time that, that were, or one of the times, at least that were, uh, that were very want very much wanting to invest in relationships it feels like there's we don't have the time um and that's one of those tensions that's often talked about you know like oh we when we when we want to have the sort of finances to really go traveling with our children while they're young or something like that um isn't the time of life when we have those finances and we have them later but then they've got their own families or that then they don't want to be with us you know like that um the the sort of Cat Stevens uh, father and son song always makes me just about cry because there's this sort of sense in which uh, you know that they're both wanting each other but at the opposite times right and and I think this is another part of our human condition that we're talking about which is not the sort of timing of of life but the the way of going I we're as humans we're conscious both of uh, our physical limitations and our sort of mental and spiritual awareness that it could be more, that like we we can make something of it. And and you know if I'm being a bit dark, that's one of like the cruelties of life. But on the other side, on the upside, it's just like, that's just the state of it. And so where I keep coming back to, I think is to go, yeah, um, I can't, I, I, I don't wanna just watch television all, all the time. At the same time, it's just not gonna work for me to be like super intentional, super focused all the time. Because I'm human, and I just can't do that, and and I kind of get frustrated with that whole, um, I guess it's a philosophy. I'd say that 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 sort of messaging of like live each day as if it was your last, because well, if, if I knew it was my last, then yeah, yeah I might do something different. Um, I, you know, from what I'm doing today, I'd still value this conversation, hopefully. But like I, you know, I do something different. But at the same time, if you live every day as if it's your last, like you're gonna burn out, and and also I would therefore I wouldn't watch t- television. I try to have really meaningful conversations with the people that matter most to me. But what I find is that actually most of the meaningful stuff isn't that forced. It's not that created. It's, um, it's the things that like my son say to me on the way to school that are sort of, that I couldn't have expected. And I didn't sort of prompt with a question or something, you know, it's, and it's the sort of moments with people that we care about that we don't create. So it's this conscious, um, cultivation of something i suppose i think is it, cultivation is a good word rather than trying to trying to create it or control it because it's a uh, so my, my dad used to talk about it like um putting up your sails right like sort of say you've got a boat but you know uh we weren't like a big sailing family but the metaphor came from somewhere sort of putting your sails up you need the wind to make the boat go um you can't control it you need the wind but you're putting yourselves up right so I'm gonna try to create some space for conversations to happen with people that I care about for me to live in ways that I think are meaningful but at the same time I, I can't force it and so do you know what I'm tired I'm gonna watch a bit of television and then go to bed and you know hope for the best so I think it's this sort of balance that I'm I'm uh, I keep coming back to and that um, that experiencing meaning in the everyday and maybe one other reference that comes to mind is um Brother Lawrence, who is a sort of uh a monastic uh writer and <clears throat> sort of character in uh medieval uh christian thinking and uh they were this this character who's sort of known for making a spiritual practice out of doing the everyday stuff so apparently their job around the monastery was to do the dishes and like sweep the floor and the idea being that instead of going i'm gonna come up with this amazing sort of meditation or this amazing like spiritual experience. And um, they were just going like, I just do the thing that I've that I've got before me. And actually that somehow their, their insight was to go, that's actually really important and sort of um, what for them was the good life of that spiritual development. But I think for me, it's sort of going, yeah, do you know what, actually in doing the school run, in doing the emails, in, um, yeah, in doing the dishes and actually sweeping the floor, like that's also part of it. It doesn't have to be this really, intentional rich conversation it might be sweeping the floor because actually um that's something that the people i live with my wife and kids like care about and so uh i'm helping make a space where we can do that and it's you know it's not so contrived but it all it all comes back together it all contributes to it
0: but there i was talking to somebody yesterday who mentioned um and their experience of life just how a moment of awareness and appreciating the companionship of a rabbit or the mm-hmm. yawning of a dog. Um, like, and I'm not trying to make all of these into beautiful sunsets, like, or, you know, yeah. as you say, in doing the dishes as in, you're just blissing out in some uh, a new, unique state of consciousness. But mm-hmm. I, I think when you just mentioned the idea of your son, one of your sons saying something, you're like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I think there's something to the the not the just simply the paying attention or holding things in awareness and not in this very deliberate, as you say, contrived sense, but that it's, it's something happens, I think, where more and more is brought into what your context of of a good life would be. Like, you know, when I when I interview some people for, for this initially, I did 120 interviews that none of it was for a podcast, it was just my own kind of personal curiosity or 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 project and sometimes people would say to me a good life is not feeling stress and mm. that sentence would almost you know disintegrate on contact with you know the next like uh, the next mm. words or the next thoughts that we followed that up with because then it's mm. like i oh, know it's because of that that, I, and it, and mm. it's not also trying to silver line every bit of tension in your life and transmuting that into something beautiful but it is just a I don't know, like a holding. It seems like you are holding so much in, in, a, in awareness, or that something yes. is like you've cultivated a space where potentially everything can be, uh, kind of, has to be considered as part of your good life.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that's right because otherwise we're left, oh, like uh, the good life is something that we never attain, right? Because yeah. we're always left striving for it um sort of going, oh I, I well I'm gonna have the good life, you know, the traditional sort of um commercial material example is like, oh, I'll have the good life when I've, you know, made my first million or something like that, right? And um and then of course the the trite sort of example is when, when you make the million or you win the 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 thing um you wake up the next day and you're like well now what you know and so we know that that doesn't satisfy um doesn't mean there's anything wrong with making money or winning winning things but but we know that's something and similarly when it comes to um if you took something less material which on the face of it feels more virtuous is something like oh the good life is attaining like a perfect ethical way of life um i mean i i would say my own sort of I guess way of thinking about humanity has built in the idea that that's not really even possible like because we're i I think we're you know we're fallible and and i don't think i think it's really hard for us to be to be perfect and to try to attain that sort of performance behavior based good life um it's just so easy for it to shade into something like legalism or ego kind of like it's going to become either either i'm not going to be able to do it or I'll think I can, I'm doing it, and I'll pat myself on the back, and it's sort of good for my ego. And, and as soon as I do that, I'm not doing it. And so, so, but I, what I guess I'm trying to say is that unless, uh, unless we say the good, like the good life, is now in the day to day, and it's in the struggle of it, then it's always something that that isn't really going to be attained, or maybe it's going to be attained at some point that's really fleeting. You know, um, there's a, a guy that I used to work with. Um, who's really brilliant, um, really admire sort of his perspectives and stuff. He's called John Paul Flintoff. And um, I once heard him say, he said this actually in a TED talk he gave, um, that, uh, you know, with music, you don't, you don't wait to the end of it to appreciate it. You don't sort of go like, oh, this is such a great piece of music. I, I wish it would finish so that I could yeah. enjoy it. You know, um, you, you, you sort of, you're in the moment and you try to appreciate it. You try to enjoy it then. Um, and I think something similar is what I'm trying to articulate with what it is to have a good life. It's to go, I'm, I'm going to sit with the life. I'm not going to try to, um, uh, you know, get into doing everything right in a sort of traditional rule-based sense. I'm not going to try to make sure I, I just make all the money. Um, or I'm even the most, as much as I would say, loving, being loving is like a good thing. It's probably one of the things that is pretty necessarily a good thing. Um, I'm going to fail at that. And so I want to try to say, okay, when I, when I really think about what it means to have a good life, it's the struggle in all of that, because I think it's possible to appreciate the struggle while you're in it. Um, I could still become self-righteous and go, gosh, I'm really good at struggling, but I think <laughs> it's, it's more okay. This is happening. How am I responding to this? What am I learning from this? How am I, um, how am I being caring to the people that I'm doing this like life with? Um, and you know, maybe it's because of my like personality or you know background and philosophy, but I I just I don't really have much trust in like really landing on a solid answer that's always going to work forever. I, I'm much more sort of going. I know that I don't know and I know a couple things that it's good to aim at but I'm going to go on the journey and the goodness is going to be found in the wrestling with it. Um we could say more about that but I'll sort of maybe pause there. I think I think it's 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 in the doing, it's in the details, it's the messiness of life and that's all quite vague but but what that means is yes this the good life is not a destination. Um the good life is you know the way that you the way that you get there I suppose the destination is death um you know and the the good way is is how you get there
0: yeah you know you're saying you're saying so much that resonates with me and so I want to make sure I'm not tripping myself up and just assuming that (laughs) that you you're thinking the same as me on this but there's like I I don't know I find it really interesting even as even after the first few months of being a parent and kind of thinking like oh our daughter is some even my head like oh our daughter doesn't cry much or something and then almost getting attached to the idea that she seems quite jolly or something Uh, you know and i kind of go whoa whoa, easy easy because this (laughs) this will lead to an absolute crucifixion whenever this this it doesn't remain the same or even if in Mm -hmm. myself like like you say there i feel like a very loving parent but I know I have like a temper in me too, and when my daughter gets to a certain age, when perhaps she she can do something where I respond in a more verbal way, like she's mm-hmm. I'll I'll suffer a lot for thinking that I'm just this this wonderfully loving creature, and it's not it's not as you say. It's I don't mm-hmm. think it's too deliberate in in intention, but it's I don't know, like it's a a sense of like holding things lightly. Like, can mm-hmm. I? can I have some sort of sense so I'm not doing this as you kind of say in a disingenuous way like you know all of Mm -hmm. a sudden I'm saying that this is what I believe but really inside I'm going no I'm much bigger and better than that you know this kind of self-deprecating stuff to keep myself in check but there is there is something I, I think when we pay enough attention to our lives I find in myself when I fall into some of these um more egoic interpretations of myself I suffer I see the suffering come like I see how they're the insecurity and the arrogance are almost Mm -hmm. inextricably linked like and it's not to avoid any of them uh because I'm not like a bit like yourself I'm not too sure how you it's not like when I'm living a completely egoist and egoless existence that that's the perfection of life and that's what I'm striving Mm for but it's just Mm -hmm. really interesting to see these kind of these poles emerge and how they interact and how they they play with each mm-hmm. other while yeah. still not striving not to explore the, or feel those states because they're coming anyway
1: yes i think i think that's right um and that's uh where i think so for example you know philosophy is literally to translate it as the the love of wisdom right so father means love sophia means wisdom um and it's that pursuit of of wisdom, but Iris Murdoch, the, um, the Irish American uh, philosopher described doing that pursuit of wisdom, described doing philosophy as something that is at once like this, this marriage, you're at once um, trying to discover something that is true outside of yourself while also wrestling with yourself. And that's yeah. just because of uh, the reality of like our, our, our human subjectivity—that we see everything through, uh, like like we're wearing a pair of lenses. I, I, you know, I only even like you know color. Um, I say, oh, I'm, I'm wearing like a red, an orange T-shirt, and you're like, oh yeah, I like your I like your red T-shirt today, Brennan. Like, oh, no, it's orange. Then you know yeah. we all have like who's to say exactly what the color is because we have the subjectivity. Okay, so but at the same time, it's not just subjective because when we're trying to work out wisdom, when we're trying to pursue wisdom and do philosophy implicit in that view or, and i think this is true of of living a good life implicit in the view is that there is a way of getting it if not right or wrong as a way of getting it better or yeah. worse right? like so um i would suggest that spending all your life watching television is is not a good answer to what a good life is so you know i think there's some answers that are that hold better water. And and like you said before, you know, some of the answers just sort of seem to disintegrate as soon as you think more about them. So, um, so anyway, all that to say that, like Murdoch was saying, we're trying to get at something that is outside of us, that is objective. That is that, that, that if, if I went away would still be real, it's not just dependent on my thinking. Right. Um, but we can only get at that with our own subjectivity. So, um, through our own subjective experience, And so when you think about your daughter, I want to think about my sons, you know, these different things like we're always have to be, not always have to be conscious. I might just be, you know, making some toast, but like always running in the background is the reality that I'm not just seeing the child sort of sleeping soundly. I'm assigning meaning to that. yeah, And I'm framing that based on my own experience, my own hopes, my own anxieties, my own sense of, oh gosh they look so peaceful um really what's in the background for me for example if that might be you know oh wow I really want them to like feel safe and I would love them to have a a life and an emotional psychological life that is as internally restful as they look externally right now or something right so so I'm I'm always coloring everything with that experience and um and, and I think we just have to acknowledge that and embrace that. And then the work, though, is to go. And this is, I think, what a lot of philosophers throughout history have inevitably done. And this is kind of when I think about it, what I'm really trying to do in my work with, for example, philosophy at work and things is is therefore, if we all have subjectivity, if we all do this stuff, then all we can really do as a first step is to try to make space to be a bit more reflective. And pay attention to what might be running in the background, so that we can notice it and go, "Oh, actually, where like the way I'm framing this situation right now, is that coming from a good place? Is that something I want to do more of, or is that coming from a hangup that I have uh, that's misplaced? You know, so for example, going back to the TV example, uh, I I often would go, "Oh, this is, if we're watching television, we've only got like one hour between when the boys go to bed and when we're going to go to bed." Um, what are we doing? This is a waste of time. And, but that's a false, that's, that's not, I would, I would now say that that's not right. That's assuming that like leisure or just watching television is always bad. And of course it's not, you know, there's the time and place for that. And if I instead were like, I, d- I don't do wood burning, but it's often an example that comes to mind. Like I should do something more productive. <laughs> like I should take it and like wood burning. I don't know something. Or couldn't we both my wife and I like do pottery together or have some meaningful conversation. And, um, but that's not necessarily better. That's just in my head, there's this, I assign value to like crafting stuff as being better than watching stuff, right? And and so I have to interrogate my thinking to some extent and go, hang on, Brennan, like, where's that coming from? Is this necessarily a waste of time? No, it's, it's not. If this is what I need right now, if this is what we need right now, if we know that we will have a meaningful conversation at some point in the next seven days, then I can relax and just sort of enjoy this. So, so I think what I'm trying to say is baked into my conception of what it is to lead a good life is, is care, really. It, and that's not caring for others. It's, it's caring for others, it's caring for myself. But really, it's, it's um, living carefully. It's applying care to what I'm doing. So attending to it, giving attention to things, going, hang on, why do I think that? Why am I doing this? What's going on? And, you know, the reality is I'm not, I'm not living every day, like all bound up in my thoughts. Um, it's, you know, I make it through the day fine, but it's, it's trying to come back to that and go, hang on, what am I missing right now? What's going on? Because it's in noticing that, that, that then I can exercise my agency and, you know, make a change and um, turn off the television or turn on the television, whatever's needed. And, but it's in noticing, I guess this is where I, where I started saying this was like, you were saying, noticing, your uh the meaning that you're laying on to things about your daughter or noticing what's going on in your mind and your heart and all that stuff um in your body and then you have a choice okay so what do i want to do with this and, and all of that sort of stuff. i think that's quite core
0: yeah and and i think um you know because just in, in listening to how maybe even we're both describing it i i i because maybe i'm just assuming that we're both kind of in a similar similarly looking at and at, at, at this mm. like I'm glad you kind of said there. It's not like I'm on this treadmill mentally where it's just going round and round and I'm, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. processing what's the meaning of this, what's the meaning of this. But it's just like, I think even what you're what I'm assuming how you're interpreting this is just in moments in your day that you've got pockets of reflection and that it's not this Mm -hmm. like, you know, continuous investigation into the, the minutia of everything. It's just this like repeated checking in and, and, I'm I'm really I'm really curious like uh, cuz I think the word better the way you described that felt really nice to me and cuz I'm mm-hmm. in I'm in mm-hmm. my own kind of not state of confusion but like in in and not consciously not trying to stand in one place that's just when I mm-hmm. absorb enough information or experience better to me is not standing in one fixed place mm-hmm. but then in order for me to ascribe Better to a situation, I have to stand somewhere, but it 's this yeah. it 's this weird kind of like floaty thing, like this flowy really? thing it 's not um you know because as we say and i I think the the example of t v at night is a highly uh relatable one that i 'm sure even lots of people that are listening to this or when I chat to people, we kind of all have this kind of urge of like. I know I started laughing even before you got to the point where I thought I would laugh when you were describing this rush of like, yeah, but we got to do something with our time or if we're going to mm-hmm, watch mm-hmm. something, it's got to be this unbelievable documentary that blows the socks off me or it's got to yes. be something in nature yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Where, I, I don't know, there's like, it's it's there's a place where I think we get to notice enough and and there's a merging or a co-creation between that noticing and that information, and even the information just changing us without maybe us not having as much agency as we think, but us also having pockets of agency within it, mm. where it is just this sense of of better or better for me anyway. Like I, I think that's mm-hmm. in our subjectivity, that's something that we can most definitely land on. Like what yeah. what made even. And maybe it is meaning and, and, and a projection of something, but what made me handle that suffering or or what allows me to hold mm. simultaneously suffering and joy in my life? And they don't necessarily have to hinder each other, but they also yeah. do play with each other a little bit that make both of them tolerable at, at the same time.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is is running in the background of what you're saying a... A question about like what makes something better so you know i I take your point that it's it's somewhat fluid right and that um the important thing is moving moving forward moving towards something that is is better right but it seems like i'm also hearing you say that like how do you know if you're if it's better unless you have some kind of goalposts right you have some sort of uh values that you could assign you could say okay well how am I doing in relation to that um and is is that there or is it something else do you think
0: um for me I could probably do with more of uh <laughs> I think I could possibly do with more goalposts posts in in my life I think um for me at this point I think the investigation is a little bit more um what's my how much of my much of my life feels like it's um impulsive or um like resistant um and and how so i guess the not the interpretation of my life isn't down to the fact that it's uh that i'm hitting it out of the park or something like this Mm -hmm. but like i'm i'm curious about like oh how can i it's interesting that i can feel okay with this stress like that so okay. so maybe if yeah. that's a goal post it's mm. it's more even a without striving for a sense of being it's it's the resonance or the experience of my life that i guess that i'm that would be my yeah that would be my goal post i guess like how how
1: mm-hmm. do i
0: feel because i think sometimes you know you touched on it and i'm not trying to st- throwing out the 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 stereotypical material life that you know that we're expecting yeah. to feel a certain way and then maybe we do or we don't with yeah. but there's enough things that aren't happening in my life at times, which I think I maybe I should be doing, but then i'm kind of confused as to no, but something is happening with my sense of being right now where i feel mm. I feel quite nice in my life while experiencing stress joy growth um stagnation frustration do you, do you know there's just a general sense of of being that i i can't quite articulate like yeah. i I do think it's an unintentional byproduct of a lot of the things that we're talking about that mm-hmm. maybe be allowed that cultivates some degree of grace in life. Yes. that that's yeah. roughly yeah, yeah. how I think yeah. about it. But yes. when, I, when I hear you talk, I don't hear of somebody who's just perfecting every process and, and is just mm. blissfully conscious all the time. But when I've talked to you a couple of times, I get a sense that there's a you you experience a lot you sure but like you can experience a whole multitude of different things but there is a kind of a base case i don't mm-hmm. know i feel okay in my life or or something to that effect yeah would that be fair yeah. to say
1: or? yeah i i think so um that's nice to hear <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't always feel okay in my life um but it, it's it, but it's but nice but, that- but even but even
0: but i but i even within that sense of i feel okay like it's it's not feeling okay yes i I, I don't want to seem too vague here with everything and and seem like i'm just yeah i you know yeah deconstructing things too much if you know what i mean
1: that's right um my um my my dad died a couple years ago and i think that that has something to do with this actually um which i might return to but i think um the reason I brought that up is i I was given a book i you know as, as you do I was given some like all these grief books um some of which were really really interesting and helpful, and some of which were not very helpful but one of them was called um it's okay that you're not okay," and I really hated that title for a long time. It's a great book if anyone's out there you know if the, i you know, if for some reason the author's listening, it's a great book well done. <laughs> but, um you know the the title I found annoying because I was like, you know, who are you to tell me?" Of, you know if I'm a, if it's if I'm okay or not, right? I sort of just respond in that way. But at the heart of it is this idea of going like, you know, you're probably not feeling great right now in, in grief. Um and that's okay in a in a world and like culture and you know using that term very generally um that basically says like cheer up you know um and and I think that's related to what I was hearing you say. So a lot of times we think about good life and ethics and just sort of like what we should, you know, progress and what we should be attaining direction of travel, all these sorts of things. Um, They are understandably like quantifiable, right? Because we like having some kind of feeling like we have some kind of grasp on reality and having some sort of sense. And if if I say, uh, if you can apply a number to something that feels nice because you go, ah, right today. uh, My, my run was a minute faster I must, that's, that must be better, right? So I'm not going to assign that value. If we're dealing with stuff that, that isn't like that, though, which is a lot, some of the most meaningful stuff in life, like love, you can't, you know, you can't count. I can count how many like hugs, but that doesn't measure love, right? Um, so some of the most important stuff is not quantifiable, but the the ways of trying to make sense of a good life have often been just because of, I think, the way that humans are, we've tried to like, put boundaries around it and say, okay, so here's the goalposts. And, you know, um, people like Emmanuel Kent said, oh, the goalposts are like getting all the rules right, working out what the right rules are and obeying the rules. Um, and, but then that often, like, if you go, right, okay, I'm going to get it all, all the rules right, then it's pretty easy just to sort of, I've, I've tried that and I shade into legalism and uh, I can't do it. So then people like um, John Stuart Mill say, no, no, it's all about creating the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people. Um, But if you're anything like me, that's pretty easy for that to pull you into like people pleasing and going great. So then the whole point of life is to like create the number of good. And I know I'm, I'm, you know, if you're creating the most amount of good for the most amount of people, you can be in that group and create good for yourself too. But still you're, you're thinking about how do I use my life to create the most value for the largest group of people. And that sounds exhausting. Um, Aristotle, you know, is all about saying it's developing virtue, virtuous character. So what kind of person are you becoming? And I see, you know, that's quite good. But again, it's if I'm going, right, I'm doing this virtue well, I'm doing this virtue well, I'm doing this virtue well. And admittedly, for for Aristotle, at least, what a virtue was, wasn't sort of like being an angelic kind of person. It was living a balanced life between extremes of not overreacting, not underreacting. But even so, if I try to attain that, I might end up saying, Oh, do you know I'm a, pretty, I'm a pretty good guy i'd say i'm like i uh, was pretty virtuous today and that feels very egoic to me that feels very like self-congratulatory so i i work a lot with like virtue ethics I, I i like it i think it helps make sense of ethics and tough choices but if you try to apply some of these things to like how do i actually live a good life it's hard for me to see how i would live that out like an aristotelian let's say um and not become sort of self-congratulatory, self-righteous. Um, and so the thing that I keep coming back to is an ethic of care. And there's there's lots of philosophers that have that have done that, like Nell Noddings has done a lot. I I've um in my sort of work in philosophy, I've I got into the, it was generally in the literature around like feminist ethics and things. And so there's a lot of ethics of care going on in that space. And that's not exactly what I mean. What I mean is is not just ethics of caring for others, but Attending to, you know, caring for life, and that's where I keep coming back to in in our conversation. I think what it means to live a good life is to to try to care about what you're doing, Hmm. and so that might mean caring for others, it might be caring for self, it might be caring for the work you're doing, but it's it's trying to go. All right, I'm probably I might not get this right. I'm going to do my best to get it right. I'm going to try to. You know, be a good person in the character sense, the virtue sense. I'm going to try to create the greatest good for the most amount of people. I'm going to try to like follow the rules that are good ones. Um, but I'm probably going to fail a lot of times. And so, how can I think I'm still having a good life if I'm failing? And I think the only answer can be, well, be something about my intention and my attention. Um, so, I'm. I'm trying to notice why I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm trying to correct for some of that stuff. And I'm trying to, um, trying to do, trying to, uh, to be loving and be careful and thoughtful. Right. Um, and, and then the rest is, is sort of the matter, the material of life. And I think that's, that's where, that's just the, the arena of it. That's where the good stuff happens. So I, I feel like I've maybe gone a bit off piste here, but I think it's, in response to what you were saying before, I think there's something important about going, okay, where are the goalposts? Well, that implies some sort of rule. And like I've tried to just sort of survey a lot of the dominant um, accounts of what the rules should be throughout the history of sort of moralities and stuff um, kind of each have their own problems because they're all saying, here's a destination. You've got to. You've got to be like this. And I guess I'm saying, i don't know that we can be consistently like that and so i'm trying to find a way to have what is a good life be something where that accounts for um imperfection i suppose but can be still attained in the context of that human condition
0: that's a that's a lovely sentiment there's um what would you say your journey is with like a like a peace or an acceptance even of that, uh, imperfection. Mm. Cause I think, you know, even in some of the things you've alluded to, like even we, when you study philosophy, like we hold certain states up that are kind of impossible. Um, and that I kind of, I don't know whether it's the, the former Irish Catholic in me, like we kind of love to, <laughs> I don't know, self-flagellate mm. ourselves for all the, the imperfections we have, even just in internally, um, even mm-hmm. if we, it doesn't always show up externally. I think that there is. This is, the, I think, one of the huge parts of my life that I think is has, has brought me some peace is an acknowledgement of all my flaws, um, and you know, just an understanding or, or something like. Mm-hmm. Without it, doesn't stop the striving, or not even the striving, but yeah. it doesn't stop as it just kind of as you were articulated. We can still continue to orient orient ourselves towards something
1: but yeah yeah I, I um are you saying how what's my journey been like around I guess accepting myself
0: yeah or yeah or even just the the use of the term imperfection
1: mm. yeah um so I guess one thing that's uh so yeah I mean at, at a at, at a um initial, initial level um it's it's a it's an ongoing journey, right? Um, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I can, so in theory, right? In this conversation, I've, um, where I've landed in my thinking about what a good life is, is this place that has to have lots of space for imperfection. Um, And that makes, that makes sense, I think, of life, right? Um, But when it comes to -to day-to-day living, I found it really hard to, to, to give myself as much grace as I, as I give other people. Um, And something that I find really helpful around that is a realization that just dawned on me probably six months ago, but, and now ever since that, I sort of remind myself of, because I know it really helps me. And that is to, um, to imagine the, uh, imagine other, uh, imagine other people, Having the obligations towards me that in that moment I feel that I have towards them, so for example um if i uh if i'm i don't know worrying about uh, you know uh, maybe i've i've done something very much- imper- imperfect you know i've i've really dropped the ball on um uh you know how i've um, i don't know uh, how i've i've spoken to someone that i really care about or or something like that and and I uh I've we've sorted it out I've I've apologized they've they've accepted that apology you know you sort of there's this forgiveness has been expressed it's hard for me to let go of that still right so I might know I've I've we've gone through that we've processed that but I still feel like I'm carrying a mark against me yeah. right and um and so the the exercise the sort of, for lack of a better term that i'm talking about is to say okay brennan stop for a second can i imagine a situation where the the other person that she was on the other foot they spoke unkindly to me and then they apologized and i thought it was an authentic apology and i expressed forgiveness to them do i think that they should walk around still carrying like a burden from that and i would go no no but, you know like like I I don't think that it's right. I um, I don't think it makes like philosophical conceptual sense to say forgive and forget because it, for for like deeper reasons about um, justice and and so. But so I don't think we should forget everything that's happened. But I don't think that like once the apology and the forgiveness has has happened and it's been sorted out, um, I don't think there's a mark. There's not shame that should still linger, right? And and I can see that when i think about other people but it's harder for me to see it about myself so i guess this this is what i'm saying i think this is an instance of it being hard for me to accept my imperfections and so the thing that helps me is to turn the tables and go well is that true for other people and i go no of course not like you got you gotta you gotta let people go when they've apologized and you've forgiven them so then it's pretty easy for me to go well why am i doing that to myself you know and it's still hard to like physically or emotionally let go of that kind of energy of shame but in that moment i can go i can see it more clearly and go oh yeah of course okay so then i then i can accept myself and i find that sort of just mental exercise of imagining it being the other way around um and helping me to see it clearly uh and so that's yeah that that's something that that i think helps but what i was also going to say to your question of sort of how's my journey with imperfection i think um there's uh uh there's something in that where we could say, so if someone someone's listening to this conversation, as I hope someone does at some point, though it's been it's been valuable, um, at least for me, uh, and and hopefully for you, if nothing if no one else ever hears it. But um, if someone's listening to this and they they say, okay, what I hear Brennan saying is that like something about the good life has to do with accepting yourself. It's not about getting it all right, it's about the the struggle, you know, the wrestle. Um, I think my worry about that being the message that's received is it all, it kind of lowers the bar in some unhelpful ways. Right. So if I, it, it, I, we, we still don't want to say, um, Oh, well, I just need to accept myself. I, I just like robbing banks and I just need to sort of, you know, accept (laughs) that. And well, it's all about wrestling. And, you know, today I didn't steal quite as much money as yesterday. So, you know, it it's uh I shouldn't expect that I'm only living a good life once I stop robbing banks altogether, right? And and so it's um so implicit in a good life. I think yes, there's the I I've I've really emphasized the wrestling being really important because I've emphasized uh I because I'm recognizing the imperfection of the human condition. At the same time, there's a tension between that and I think necessarily some sort of goalposts that are saying. Well yes, it's okay to wrestle um and accept your imperfections, but there's some things that we that aren't okay and that we should say no it's it's not it's not good to be like that or to do that, right? And and I think this is where um the concept of practical wisdom I think is really helpful because practical wisdom tries to account for like as a as a concept, as a thing, practical wisdom tries to account for the space in which there's no of, of grayness right where there's no exact rule um so you know truth telling for example yes in general maybe it's good to teach our kids that hey honesty is the best policy it's always good to tell the truth but when you get into the finer points of relationships and 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 living life there's you know famous thought experiments that, that people have said about, well, aren't there situations where maybe it's good to tell a lie or not to tell the whole truth to protect someone, let's say, or, or something like that, right? And so there are situations where a rule doesn't stand up. And practical wisdom is the, the art that is based on experience of saying, okay, I know the rules. I know the philosophies. I know the things. And now I am an, an actual human inhabiting a space and time trying to do my best. and I'm going to not throw all the rules away, but I'm going to recognize that I'm imperfect, and practical wisdom is set, is is like when we are trying to develop practical wisdom. What we're doing is we're taking all the rules, holding them back of our minds, but also drawing on our experience and trying to say, okay, there's no clear, perfect right or wrong option here. So I'm going to try to do what is wise practically, and try to work out. Given all the information, I think the best thing to do, the right thing to do is to act in this way, to tell the truth or to not tell the whole truth in this t- situation or whatever it might be. And and I think that's a useful concept, because otherwise we're left always in this tension between going, oh, is it just relative or are there like, do we have to be perfect? We can't be perfect, but we don't want to be re- We don't want everything to be relative. We don't want to lower the bar. So that's why I'm saying, no, of course, there's things that are bad and that we, we don't want to just accept. Um, behaviours of ourselves that we don't want to just accept and yet we need to accept, be accepting of ourselves. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. that's what I think it's, this is a helpful thing I hope.
0: You know in during the course of this conversation the thing that it kind of makes me think of is just that there's um, and I don't even want to make it too kind of uh, a, an intentional act to accept the tension Um, But it's almost like a a simultaneous acceptance of the fact that, okay, I I can accept myself, but clearly, like, it's kind of nice that I actually just want to do better, because what Mm. may happen if that instinct in me didn't exist? And yet, that's also the thing that may be leading to some sense of shame, but it's it's almost like... Mm without knowing what the exact equation is for this as well just like you said like i don't love my wife seven and a half out of ten today hopefully tomorrow will be a nine right, right. like yeah, yeah, um, yeah i don't mean it as in it can be as deliberately thought of as that but it's almost like there's a there's a, a not even in in dismissing the tension but like maybe just even the the more we can hold in attention the the more we can see the value of that even if that shame does feel Bloody annoying right now, or like you know, as you mentioned, yeah. that I thought of the thing yeah, yeah. that I carried most shame for, and my leg, my right leg, did a little bit of a, a tense, intensing up, if you know what I mean. When I was thinking, what do I carry most shame for? Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, too, while I can be kinder to myself, I, that's also helpful because I don't, as you say, like if all bets are off, then and we just accept ourselves either way, that, that's problematic yeah. as well. So, it, it, it's, yeah, it's it, yeah you know you mentioned the the song thing I I really I'm starting to really feel like that like a good life there I don't know there's some degree of like Mm -hmm. it's more of an art than a science sometimes while there's Mm -hmm. scientific observations and tools are helpful there's some there's Mm -hmm. something about it where it's I I don't know this subjective messy thing that involves lots of different ingredients um, all of which are not always welcome but just being able to you know practical yeah. wisdom maybe of just being able to see things in, from a, a different perspective or lens that mm-hmm. that can help this I don't know to help us breathe a little bit easier through the experience
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really important point because I've been emphasizing the sort of mess of stuff and the wrestle and all that stuff, but but it's not that we are that we don't have any tools you know for the journey
0: yeah right?
1: and and that's where. Again, I think practical wisdom comes in because having, you know, aiming at virtues or following good rules um, or creating grace, good for the people or something, um, those are good things to aim at. I guess I'm just saying, I can't say attaining any of those is the good life yeah. for the reasons I've said. So I think I'm gonna aim at those things, but recognize that I'm human and that I'm imperfect And accept my feelings when I fail, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up and not try, right? Um, And it's and 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 that's why I think if if I had to put it down to one thing, I'd say the good life is about care—that attending to it. Um, Because I'm assuming that yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be trying to do the right thing, Um, but really, what's doing the work in there is paying attention, noticing when I when i do well is my ego pretty proud of that um do i want to be going there should i not do that when i don't do well am i feeling shame um you know is that happening i don't want to hold on to the shame you know so that's why i think paying attention is pretty important um almost like you know people often talk about like oh what do you want you know on your your deathbed what would you say or like what would be a good thing for someone to write in your tombstone As things. And I don't think I would actually want this on my tombstone, but I think where I'm kind of landing is to go like, well, at least he tried. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, I think that's, um, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm saying because life is not a closed system. There's chance, there's uncertainty, there's relationships. I'm not the only player I've got to be responsive to other people and all these sorts of things. I can't know everything. I should know some things. I should do some things, you know? And so, um, yeah, of course, I'm going to be trying to move in a good direction. But am I, I, can I say I'm only going to live a good life if I attain that? Well, no, I I just can't get on board with that because I don't think that's possible. Um, That doesn't mean I shouldn't try. and and I think in the trying is is the goodness a lot of time because that shows the intention, but that also it's in the trying that we we do. If I just go, oh, I can talk about a good life, but I don't ever try, then I'm not actually doing anything about it. Um, I'm not actually loving anyone, or actually caring for anyone, or trying to you know do anything. So that's why this 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 care is caring, trying is something that I keep coming back
0: to. Uh, Brennan, you've. You've magically managed to ask the question that I always ask at the end of these <laughs> podcasts, uh, at the, in the in the perfect timing as well for me to to ask it as well. And look, I, I think this during this whole conversation, I, I think it's uh, for me anyway. It's been a lovely kind of exploration of of the subtlety of uh, the subtlety of some of these energies or these intentions, and and for me, anyhow, I I definitely take a lot from this idea of care and. Mm. And even in that, like, I think with some of the themes we've even discussed around um, around self-acceptance or better or, you know, a, a lot of the kind of things that we can kind of see can be, um, it's not such a fixed idea of aiming towards virtues or or, or whatever else. Mm. To me, that sounds very comforting while it requires continuous care. So it doesn't also let me off the hook mm. for... Mm -hmm. just saying Mm -hmm. you know consequences or intentions be damned so i i I think uh, for me that's a that's a lovely insight to take away from this
1: cool great thank you so much Mark. and i i yeah i really i've really found the conversation um enriching and it's given me a lot of food for thought um i really appreciate your approach and tone and the space um it it was it was really nice to have the space to sort of to to process some of these things so thank you again
0: wonderful brennan thank you so much for joining us on the what is a good life podcast this week and uh, hopefully i look forward to to future conversations as well sir
1: absolute pleasure thank you again mark